Hello. Welcome to Breakfast at Cinema's podcast series Cinema My Child and Me where Abhinav and Shibangi share film recommendations appropriate for all ages and some ideas on how to use this collective film viewing experience to help initiate conversations with your children or students to help them learn in a fun manner we would like to state that this podcast is meant to be a guide for parents or teachers to engage with children in a different way while we are going to be careful about recommending movies appropriate for all ages we request you to explore these films by yourself first to check for anything which may trigger a difficult or unpleasant emotion in your children because of very specific circumstances the films we talk about here are our personal selections for each episode's theme cinema my child and me was created on hub hopper studio if you wish to start your own podcast for free visit www.hubhopperstudio.com hub hopper is india's leading podcast creation platform start your podcast with hub hopper studio and get your voice heard across platforms like spotify gana google podcast wink music and more click on the link in the episode description or visit www.hubhopperstudio.com visit hubhopperstudio.com We are so excited to start with our first podcast of Cinema My Child and Me. I am Shibangi and I am Abhinav. Our theme for today's episode is interacting with the unknown and the movie we are featuring is My Neighbor Totoro. Let me quickly take our listeners through a summary of the film and then we can get to what makes it so special. My neighbor Totoro is about two young girls, Satsuki and Mei Kusakabe, about 10 and 5 years old, who moved with their father to a new village in Japan of the 1950s, 1960s. to be closer to their mother who's getting treated for an unnamed illness in a hospital nearby the movie follows their adventures as they settle into their lives making friends discovering new and unusual things about their new home and village and growing up with their family don't forget to look at the closing credits which have some very interesting revelations giving the story a perfect closure the film has been directed by the japanese living legend Hayao Miyazaki and produced by his very beloved and popular Studio Ghibli. The film is currently on Netflix except in the US and UK where the DVDs and Blu-rays are very readily available. And uh, on Netflix the movie comes with a selection of audio tracks and subtitles in several languages. So Abhinav, why don't you quickly tell us what you thought of the movie what are your quick impressions about it first to be honest the film immediately sent me back to my childhood i thought it's right out of uh, you know the, the time that i spent in my village growing up in the smaller towns of north india the totoro character was picked straight out of my adventures in my village where we used to have a village deity called baram baba watching over us protecting all of us and uh, you know he resided on the old banyan tree and that's what the camphor tree represents to me in the film the fantastic generosity of the neighbors just took me back to the same time that i spent with my cousins with my brothers my sisters way back in the village where uh, we always were certain of an afternoon lunch we could just walk into any neighbor's house and you know have our lunches 
I think what really touched me was that uh, there wasn't any need as in as we see in the film for the adults to continuously engage with their children the children can be allowed to be free and explore the world make meaning of it all by themselves and the relationship that may and satsuki share i think my brothers and we talk about it very often the way uh, the younger one deals with the older one there is sensitivity there is a whole lot of uh, love but it's not like uh, the responsibilities of the older uh, siblings take a back seat they're always present they're always watching over the younger one and that i think really b- binds these two characters together for for me you know i i agree with you it was very slice of life for me as well uh, it especially brought back memories of summer vacations spent with cousins uh, most frequently i used to go to my uncle's house where there was a huge backyard with lots of trees birds and insects of various kinds uh, we would just be outdoors all day fancying ourselves as shikari shambhu from tinkle comics if you know <laughs> what i mean uh, now there was also an incident uh, where at my maternal grandfather's house there used to be a big backyard with lots of coconut trees and we were asked never to venture out in the afternoon but this one time my cousin and i we sneaked out and uh, we realized why our grown ups were constantly telling us to not do that because i was almost attacked by a monkey that that time uh, it was scary then but uh, it it makes for great stories to tell our nephews and nieces now and i absolutely uh, adore the way their eyes light up when we are telling them these stories uh the movie also uh, brings about a sense of calm and uh, it has a very quiet reverence for nature which i believe was very yeah. beautiful about it it is one of those movies that one turns to when seeking something uncomplicated and meditative this is not to say that the movie is not fun or boring or slow it is very very fun and it also have has very key emotional points uh which have very high emotional pulls like the scenes uh, involving the sisters taking care of each other or consoling each other or the father very indulgently answering all their questions or quelling their fears of the unknown shibangi i would uh, just pick up this thing about uh, the film being slow or fast uh, most of us have sort of now grown up on this idea that films are all about a whole lot of events that need to come together for us to get excited about it to get interested in it uh, miyazaki asks us to take a pause Yes he says uh, uh as children what do you think will happen to you you will Absolutely. fall in a ditch yes. you will probably uh, just get caught up in rain you're not going to be dealing with financial crisis that uh, the meltdown that happened in US right so that entire aspect is very very clear in this film it's just asking us that you know this is a fantastic time for you to do things with your own hands you know or rather follow the trail of your curiosity and and explore things the way you would explore it not exactly. as the way adults will tell you to that's right and uh, the film is also set uh, about uh, 70 80 years ago uh, and it makes sense that things were kind of slow back then it, people were allowed to get bored it was okay for children to venture out on their own find time to be bored so that you know they they come across questions they feel like finding answers to but if they are well prepared for these small pauses that they need to take then i believe it becomes very easy for them to handle any kind of uncertainty that comes their way if there is one feeling that i can really uh, look at this film putting across it's almost like miyazaki has created this fantastic montage of uh, you know shimmering memories it's so beautifully done it's the way yeah. we would all remember the good things from our childhood yes it's untainted even though there are uh, certain points where things do get unpleasant for that 4 year old or for that 6 year old uh, child uh, but the intensity of it never takes away from the the moments that were created when you were growing up yeah 
the fragrance of these memories throughout lingers you 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 switch off the film and you're still thinking oh remember that one time when i fell in the canal and my uncle saved me from drowning i was definitely not drowning the right. water did, was not so much but still for the child that becomes a fragrant thing i agree would you like to then take us through uh, some of the themes prevalent themes in the films that you identified and you uh, think would be very uh, instrumental in helping parents guide their children through this film i think it's if there is one thing that's hammered without uh, without using a hammer the way the central characters are being asked to deal with an unknown it's a new world they just shifted probably from an urban setting into a rural setting because mm-hmm. they want to be close to their mother who is in the hospital and uh, it throws up a whole lot of things there's open spaces there are huge trees all of which could frighten them yes uh, in fact the first uh, uh, intro of the film yes. where, where where we get inside the house there are these monsters quote That's unquote right. you know from the western point of view they would be looked at as horrible ugly evil monsters that are living in the house and the father has this benign response to it oh are we living in a haunted house this is so fun i always wanted to live in it but even before that if you remember the very first scene starts with their moving truck mm-hmm. and the first thing that satsuki the older one does is tell may to hide as soon as she sees a cop yeah. on a bicycle so from being afraid of even human beings like policemen they've become brave enough to go out venture out on their own and become capable of handling interactions with unknown benign creatures who they understand are not out there to harm them but to take care of them the adults in the film are not at all dismissive of any of the ideas that come to these children's mind they're not saying oh, oh this does not belong to the scientific realm of exploration stop thinking about this you know you look at the way the children not just these two but even the neighboring boy kanta interacts or the way the children in the school interact with the with may's character when she goes the one time that she goes to the school there is a lot of generosity that you sort of see with these children and you realize oh we are the ones who are who have muddled it up or you know i think slowly we train them away from that uh, fantastic cap- capability because there are bad things out there in the world which they need to maneuver and uh, manage but this generosity and love that they can share with each other so the neighboring granny whom they are not uh, related to uh the way they start interacting with her talking about their mother and whether this corn would help her recover all that is just fantastic small things that that just sort of get together to creating a beautiful relationship one of the first things that stood out for me was how the like and i have mentioned this before how the girls uh become very capable of interacting with some things they're not sure of uh may is an explorer by nature she likes to poke into things she likes to go into uncharted territories Satsuki too is like that although she's a little more careful considering she's the older one and she feels responsible for May's well-being. Their father although is very encouraging. Their father encourages them to go around and meet with people and talk to everybody and he also believes in their stories even though it is not sure whether he's doing it because he's an indulgent father or he's doing it because he genuinely believes that there are many unexplained phenomena in nature. Uh, yeah, in fact uh, he goes with them on their journeys a few times every time these girls are afraid of something like the first time they have to go into the attic and they fear that there might be something scary in there that fear always is overtaken by curiosity faced with something that is harmless in fact kind this is again very nostalgia heavy for parents and grandparents who have lived their lives that way back in villages and smaller towns of the olden times this is a wonderful space or a subject to start a conversation about 
childhood exploits and it's not like uh, the elders are not scared of things in fact there's this fantastic sequence where the father and the two daughters are uh, sharing a bath together suddenly uh, because of the storm and so on the fa- you can actually see the father is scared for a bit and he actually draws support uh, from the children when he starts laughing out loud and you know it it plays out so beautifully in that sequence you sort of realize that even a 5 year old or a 4 year old can be an excellent uh, support to their parents provided the parents look for it provided the parents can trust in that uh, yeah. action as well another thing that i came across in this film another theme is the sibling relationship between mei and satsuki uh satsuki is a child herself she is barely 10 or 11 but she has become responsible and yeah. not because the mother is absent because of any other reason apart from that she's ill and she's getting treated in a hospital may is still young carefree and eager to get on with her adventures even though she misses her mother she has that capability of putting aside thoughts of her mother for every now and then and just going off into her own uh, world uh, there is a moment when satsuki feels burdened by her role which she has been playing uh with a lot of hope that things will be all right and back to normal soon at their home yeah uh, in fact yeah it's a very heartbreaking moment yeah yeah. Case, yeah but but when the situation emerges where her hope fades she breaks down completely and may seeing that may who's also generally a sweet obedient girl also loses her temper for the first time the interactions between the two largely are very reminiscent of how, how i have interacted with my younger siblings and cousins these girls their relationship is very warm and genuine and i can personally feel satsuki's heartbeat stop during the pre climax sequence when uh, okay saying anything more will just be letting out spoilers at the moment but i think you brought a very interesting point just now uh, if the 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 negative moments that we are talking about or the sort of hopelessness that we are talking about these are not big moments these are not huge moments where something terrible has gone wrong uh you know somewhere like world war 2 has happened or anything like that uh, which could be a sense that you might get this is a very benign world this is a child's world okay i get what you're saying but at the same time i would like to differ a little bit i think the intensity of the problem is high enough for these two kids at that moment i'm not dismissing this at all i'm not saying that it is not high enough for the children it is huge for the children but in the larger context of things where we have seen films like uh, you know uh, many other films where children are taking on these large monsters and dealing with them this world is not of that nature this world is not world is coming to an end and therefore you are the protagonist you are the one who has to save it this is about mm-hmm. them preserving their world that they just created in the last one hour but i think there's that one moment when you feel like things have gone really really wrong maybe it's some of our education as far as cinema is concerned that every time something starts to happen go a little down the hill we start thinking of the worst possibilities yes. but in reality as you discover in the film they are n- not really bad at all so uh, i'll come down to my uh, final uh, theme that i think is prevalent through the film that is love for nature it comes across very easily in this film my neighbor totoro even though it is a powerful theme running through most of studio ghibli films here it is more subdued in the way it is trying to be delivered it is very beautifully explained by the girl's father the crux of this theme is that not all of nature whether we understand it or not is here to take care of us we ought to pay it back by being considerate and patient every time the girls feel protected by nature they take the time out to thank the trees and the elements for taking care of them Absolutely. i think it's a beautiful sentiment yeah. to grow up with i think 
once we stop taking everything for granted we learn to respect what we are getting we feel more one with everything around us i think it's a beautiful beautiful feeling here nature too is presented in an all its glory it's lush and it's giving and it's benign it's generous it's beautiful in fact there is that one moment when everything is going wrong and miyazaki still takes a pause to just let a dragonfly creep into the screen and say hey nature is not going to stop for all this it's going to continue the way it continues right 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 i and and there's also that moment when may is out on her exploits and normally being the person that she is she would be easily distracted by a butterfly that keeps fluttering around in front yeah, of her yeah, face yeah. but this one moment she's so focused on finding out exactly what she has seen she cannot believe her eyes and she wants to figure this out and yet when there is a butterfly around her she does not care about it uh it, it's just like every other time in nature you carry on with your stuff and i'll carry on with mine is what nature seems to be saying any technical aspects uh, that stand out for you abhinav I, i think we can keep talking about the technical brilliance of this film till cows come home it's just like closing your eyes and going back to those dreams the beautiful aspect of that particular scene where satsuki is probably dreaming or having a real vision so to say is that the father is ever present and he's sort of uh, in the background listening to it or experiencing it if not physically then definitely at an emotional level and i think the way emotionality has been conveyed to us through this film mm-hmm. is just the just speaks to the sheer brilliance of the technicality of the yeah, film yeah yeah uh, uh, especially we uh, remember we talked about this thing where you know there are those fine moments where uh, you know interspersed between two scenes where actions are happening yeah. there is a shot of nothing in particular just the hillside maybe just a flower maybe just a dragonfly buzzing on screen these I think our director's trademark as far as uh, Studio yeah. Ghibli films are considered this is meant for us to take a step back take into consideration everything that could be a possible outcome of whatever has happened so far and meditate on that okay. not to say that this is a very intense experience but it just allows you that time to process your emotions a little bit you know today they use computer animation yes but by and large all their animation is hand painted and the watercolor is just so beautiful and there is that little bit of softness that comes across because they don't use black for the outlines but they use brown for the outlines which gives a more approachable quality to the animation a friendly sight if you would like to call like it like the shimmering dreams like the shimmering dreams and there is a lot of detailing like we've talked about the butterfly or the dragonfly but in the beginning also when the girls are looking over the bridge into the stream under them the they bottle. notice a bottle they notice a bottle out there it, it is like magical realism i think uh, our favorite film critic roger ebert has used that term for many of miyazaki's films there is a lot of magic but it is not devoid of realism um and the final thing i would like to talk about is how all of miyazaki's films have a flying object in this case the totoro which can fly and he also takes the girls on a flying expedition and uh, there's also the cat bus which flies there's a spinning top which flies yes i think all these elements put together create a dream like film which takes us back to everything that we used to imagine as children things we would just dream up things we would just make up when we are talking to other kids our age and they were just as real for us as these things are real to satsuki and me and therefore others can dismiss it but that's our reality always Shibangi I'd also like to talk about a few standout scenes uh, from the film. I think the film is standout. Uh, but uh, if I had to, if I had to be forced to pick 
two scenes which which really stand out um i spoke earlier about uh, the real dream sequence wherein satsuki is we don't know whether she's dreaming or if she's having a vision but that i think is stand out because it's a fantastic way in which reality the magic parent child relationship is conveyed without being forceful at all all the elements are there and just sort of exists like how nature exists the second one would be probably uh, it's cute it's funny and it's definitely equivalent if i can call it to the et scene of drew barrymore's character gertie gertie's character talks about i do i do when she's asked whether she believes in in fairies and i think that particular scene where satsuki has already heard about me having met this brilliant fantastical creature from the forest and she says i want to meet this totoro i would also want to know more things from him then the bus stop meeting happens it's cute it's funny and it tells you start believing in some things and maybe they will all come true if i could talk about my standout scenes the first thing i would talk about is the very first time may comes across totoro totoro is asleep and uh, may absolutely unafraid of what this unusual looking creature could do or the way it would behave she just climbs on top of it like it's a huge giant stuffed toy and just starts to fiddle with its whiskers and play with its snout then totoro wakes up they have this lovely screaming contest and then they fall asleep on top of each other may on top of totoro actually it just looks like a huge 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 pillow on top of which this tiny little girl is asleep and the two other totoros join in well the second standout scene unfortunately i'll have to let out the spoiler right now but i think it would help parents discuss this with their children better there's a scene where may the younger one she gets lost the way satsuki is so so lost trying to look for her and fearing the worst possible outcomes and the entire village gets together it's just so beautiful that um, not one person who knows these two girls even strangers who satsuki comes across just randomly on the roads uh, even they wait and talk to her and try and calm her down and say it'll be okay these were simpler times you these see these were simpler times like i've said satsuki's fear is so palpable and so tangible that i could completely identify uh, with it i believe it's one of those very emotionally wrecking scenes any sibling who has had that kind of experience, experience would absolutely identify with it yeah and uh, i think uh, there's a very interesting point when you talk about this uh, the meeting with totoro and me the film is not at any point trying to make these creatures look cute yeah in fact when the cat bus appears you sort of like is it a demonic creature uh, the, the grin is very <laughs> es- scary yes especially the grin yeah. the grin is very scary but I think that is a very interesting point that not everything would be pleasing to the eye but if you only go and go a little closer play with it maybe it 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 could blossom into a fantastic relationship and I know I'm saying this with a pinch of salt in today's day and age it might not be so easy to trust the world out there or or trust the people that you meet but maybe there is a there is a need to go back and connect with that I think we have largely talked about the film from our point of view. If you think there are some questions that the parents can ask their children to get certain conversations started, what do you think should those questions be? I would focus on how to understand and accept newer faiths, newer ideas. The focus of this film is uh, Shintoism at some level. Nobody is dismissive of it. So what are the great things that one can learn from something that was there and doesn't belong to our current understanding is one of the things that I think Uh, parents and children can talk about i think just as an exploration there is this entire idea where people were sent off to sanitariums to recover uh, which probably doesn't happen in today's day and age maybe children can look at that and uh, what that meant in the, in in older times that could be an exploration of how medical science has 
progressed a little bit i think the most important thing that parents can talk to their children about not just sibling relationship but their relationship with their friends as well that a fight is not the end of the world a fight happens and world continues to revolve so if you figure out ways to come out of that emotion and then move forward with your friend with your sibling with your companion then uh, you become a bigger part of the world as you would see as it happens towards the end of the film if i may also add for some of the younger children parents could also use this as an opportunity to talk about what these children could do if they find out that someone they know or they themselves get lost what is the process to be followed what are the things they can remember so that it's easy for them to come back home or find the people they're looking for the other thing i would ask just for fun is what would you do if uh, you came across an unusual being like totoro or the soot gremlins i think it would make for a very interesting conversation we used to ask this question to each other as children if you ever met a ghost what would you do uh, and we would have these discussions that we would bring superman along there would be yeah, these random yeah, yeah. matchups that could happen it always came from the understanding that the ghost is somebody meant to scare us and mess with our uh, lives in this case maybe it would be a good idea to look at how the children first figure out whether what they're encountering is kind or unkind is generous or something that's going to harm them then take the discussion forward what if they are not unkind but out to help them and uh, this discovery could lead children into understanding their environment a little better and uh, understand better whom to trust and whom not to trust in fact that is how we as i refer to the village deity my childhood that is how our grandparents explained it to us whoever it is whatever it is we don't know but it takes care of us so you don't need to be scared and you're a child so it will take care of you more actually spend hours under that tree without any kind of worry if you want to explore other films with this theme you could look at et the extraterrestrial uh, by steven spielberg i think it's one of my favorite films i place it right up there with my neighbor totoro every time i've watched it there has just been um, uh, unstoppable tears there's the iron giant which is a lot like et but animation pretty brilliant actually it's one of brad bird's films uh, who has also made the incredible so the iron giant also presents a similar point of view as et but it also works for slightly younger children there are two hindi films when we were growing up we watched this film in fact it probably belongs to our grandparents generation film called boot polish which is about two siblings dealing with ex- extremely difficult situations That's Right, early 1950s so it also has that social context around it absolutely that i would ask people to look at there's a newer film which we absolutely fell in love with directed by nagesh kukunur called thanak which was again about sibling relationship siblings dealing with an unknown scenario and the adventure that they come upon when we are focused on children's film uh, there is this you need to probably create benign worlds otherwise children will not be able to explore things which is again not to dismiss that there are bad things out there but if you can create some sense of irreverence for lack of better word uh, maybe children would be able to explore more we finally come to the last segment of our podcast which is the poll you can visit our facebook page breakfast at cinema or our twitter handle breakfast at cine we also have an instagram account called breakfast at cinema you can go to any of these platforms or our website www.breakfastatcinema.com that is b r e a k f a s t a t c i n e m a dot com and answer this poll for us so that we can get this conversation going with you all and we can understand what we can do better in our next podcast the question for this time's poll is what according to you is the best thing about my neighbor totoro go ahead and watch the film with your children have all these conversations come back and tell us 
what you think is the best thing about My Neighbor Totoro, the great, great film by legendary filmmaker Hayao Miyazaki. Go ahead and look up the options and give us your answers. We look forward to hearing from you. A word of caution or probably suggestion. If you can, please watch the film in Japanese with English subtitles. If you choose to watch it with English subtitles, uh, there is a whole lot of contextualization which is lost. Also, there is a whole lot of Americanization which happens of the relationship which might not be present in the real one. You mean the Japanese audio? Uh, Japanese audio with English subtitles is That's what right. I would recommend. But that is not to say that everyone watching it would be able to go through it. So definitely start off with whatever you're comfortable, but at the point that you get comfortable with it, strongly recommend to go with the Japanese audio. Great. We come to the close of our first episode of Cinema, My Child and Me. We hope you have enjoyed listening to us. We have really enjoyed putting together our thoughts for you. Please come back and tell us on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter or write to us at breakfastatcinema at gmail.com and tell us what we can do better and what else you would like us to talk about. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful week. Looking forward to talking to you again very soon. We say bye-bye. Happy watching. Cinema, My Child and Me is brought to you by Breakfast at Cinema. Working in the areas of education of cinema and education through cinema since 2014 with children and adults of all ages. Music brought to you by freemusicarchive.org under Creative Commons Attribution License CCBY 4.0. Tracks used are South Folk First Division by Marco Trovatello, Anoitasar by Gui Frog and You Um I'll Ah by Dr. Turtle. We would also like to thank cinema lovers and makers across the world. It is their passion which drives us. Mm-hmm.